Shadow Factories presents Tales from the Aletheian Society Chapter 1 Hell's Darkest Pit May the light reveal the truth. May the light reveal the truth. Bring forward the accused and let us hear his testimony. <coughs> Dr. Hieronymus Cadwallader, you know the accusations leveled against you. Do you have anything to say in your defense? A damnable pack of lies is what they are. Put about by that bounder Taffy Jones, I'd wager. Not a lick of truth in any of it. Unless you can provide some evidence for your assertions, I suggest you cease slandering your fellow illuminates. Professor Jones is not on trial here. You are. Now, let the tribunal hear what happened in your words. By Hades, I shall. My good name shall not be traduced in this way. Justice shall out. It all began a few weeks ago while I was investigating the appearance of a strange new drug on the streets of Limehouse, ably assisted by my manservant Godalming and the good father Doherty. A half-crown induced the driver of our cab to reveal his knowledge of the sordid underbelly of London. With his assistance, we swiftly located an opium den run by Chinese hoodlums. Welcome, weary traveller, to Cheng's Palace of the Oriental and Exotic. Oh, oh, hello, Dr. Cadwallader. Your usual spot is free if you want it. Shall I get you a pipe? Uh, No, 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 thank you, Nora. We are here on other business. What do you know about this strange liao that's been flooding the streets? Uh, I'm sorry, Doctor. I don't know nothing about that. Now, if you and your companions ain't interested in our wares, then perhaps it's time for you to leave. As we pressed them for information, they became close-mouthed. Father Doherty tried to appeal to their better nature. Listen, you heathen devils. Don't make me take my shillelagh to you. Said Michael's me witness, I'll batter lumps out of you if you don't get what we want. Suddenly, we were the victims of an unprovoked assault. We fought like lions, eventually forcing a path to freedom. And don't come back! Just when we were regrouping and preparing a counterattack, young Annie found us with an urgent message. You alright, Doc? You copped the right mouse there. You want to watch yourself brawling in the street at your age? You'll do yourself a mischief. I am, in every respect, as fit as a fiddle, young lady. 
This war wound is simply a badge of honour gained in battle against the forces of evil. All right, Gov, I believe you. Thousands wouldn't. Anyway, you're wanted up at the Grand Lodge, sharpish. Naturally, my loyalty to the society compelled me to respond to your summons with all haste, despite the pressing urgency of the affair with which I was engaged. Typical. Just as our investigations are on the verge of bearing fruit, the old coffin dodgers summon us up for another lecture. Well, there's nothing that won't wait until we've sunk a few stout porters at the Eagle, eh, boys? I would hate to have to let the knobs know you was shilly-shallying, Dr. C. Ugh, sixpence as usual, then. Uh, call it a bob. Girls gotta eat. Unfortunately, there was a great dearth of cabs at that hour and it took us some time to make our way to the Grand Lodge and appear before your august selves. Good of you to finally grace us with your presence, Doctor. We have matters of much import to discuss. One of the lesser chapters has fallen silent, and we need somebody suitable to rekindle the flame. The Delhi chapter? I've always dreamed of one day being made master of those halls. No. Ah, Delhi. Sweltering dark jewel of a city. The spices. The food. The flesh pots. No, Dr. Cadwallader. Eh? The chapter I speak of is not Delhi, but Glasgow. Ha! Pity the poor fool who gets that stinker. I'd sooner the black hole of Kolkata than... than... Wait, wait, you can't mean to send me to Glasgow, hell's darkest pit? We can, and we do, Dr. Cadwallader. Had you been here earlier, you could have assisted us in the selection of your team, but as it is, those decisions have been made without you. I shan't do it. There's no way on God's green earth that I'll step foot in that den of ginger brutes. You can't make me go. And so, after a vigorous debate, I found myself aboard the Flying Scotsman next morning, making passage for Edinburgh. I took the opportunity to introduce myself to the companions who had been so ably selected to assist me. All aboard! Got me. Whiskey and water. Make it a double. Very good, sir. And again, old man. In fact... Just keep the glass full until we get there. Very good, sir. Excuse me, Dr. Cadwallader? No godalming. There's nothing to do now but drink. Drink and pray for the mercy of a swift death. Glasgow. Herr Dr. Cadwallader, you are supposed to be giving us a briefing and learning about us so that we can work together as a team. Instead, you are just intending to drink yourself into a stupor? Is this correct? What? Godalming, who are these people and what are they doing in my compartment? Lord Arthur Roxburgh, Doctor, and this is my good lady wife, Sophie. We're both fairly new to the society, but we're very excited to be involved in such a splendid affair. And Glasgow, as they say, is the second city of the Empire. What a lark! A lark? I believe he's Sir George's nephew, sir. Old Thunderbridge's Roxburgh, eh? I expect you'll have seen some time in Her Majesty's Armed Forces then. Where did you serve, my boy? Well, you're not wrong, Dr. Cadwallader. I was choir master of the household cavalry. If you want, I'm sure I could belt off one of the two of the old favourites. Arthur, 
Dr. Cadwallader doesn't want to hear you sing. We are about serious business. But is serious business? No, it's not. I could sing a rousy... No, absolutely no. It's, it's for the soul. No. <laughs> you have the voice of an angel. This is not the time. It was place. Yes, dear. gods and little fishes. <clears throat> I assume that you have some skills relevant to the matter in hand. I mean, it isn't purely nepotism that's led you to join a secretive order sworn to battle the forces of darkness. Oh, yes, Dr. Cadwallader. We're very well genned up on the theory. Been swatting away at the Society's books for weeks now. Between us, we are speaking eight living languages and seven dead ones. Also, we have been studying to fight. We are both very keen on schwingen. <coughs> well, what you do in your own time is your own business and say no more about it. I quickly formed a solid rapport with Lord and Lady Roxburgh. But tell us, Doctor, what is it that you are doing? Me? By Jove, girl, I'm a long-term member of the Society. Crack shot, prime physical specimen, hunting instincts of a Bengal tiger, nerves of steel. I've faced down more ghastly beasties than you've had hot dinners. If it is as you say, then why are you so set upon the drowning of your sorrows in alcohol? Because, my dear, we're heading to Glasgow, a place no civilised chap would ever be caught dead. A charmless industrial carbuncle on the fair bosom of Mother Britannia. I've been there before, so I know whereof I speak. I felt more at home fighting my way through Bhutan than the last time I visited this place. Bhutan? Gosh, how exciting. I bet you've got heaps of war stories. Try not to be too much of a toad-eater. There's a good chap, Arthur. But is it precisely you are Doctor Off, if I may be permitted to ask? Botany, as it happens, took to sketching the local plants while I was out in the jungles. Found a bit more than I was bargaining for along the way. But that's a story for another time. I was just as keen as mustard to know. Well, what it is we're actually here to do, Dr. Kowalder? Why are we heading to Glasgow if it's such a frightful place, as you say? We're reopening the old chapter house. There was a big scandal there a few years back. Previous chapter master was an ex-Navy surgeon by the name of Edward Pritchard. Apparently he had some bad habits that involved spending more than he had. Doesn't surprise me one whit, since Navy men are all drunkards and spendthrifts. When Pritchard's credit finally ran out, he poisoned his wife and mother-in-law for the insurance. Promptly got caught and publicly hanged. Brought down a pretty little lot of attention, not to mention put egg on the faces of those lofty souls what put such a saddle goose in position in the first place. Whole place got shuttered. Just a couple of servants left as caretakers. So why then do they open this chapter once more? What has changed? An excellent question. I will have Godalming furnish you with the files the society sent. In the meantime, I intend to repose in my cabin with something a little more medicinal than whiskey. Please, Doctor. What do you mean, medicinal? Are you unwell? I am, but have no fear. I will soon be as right as rain. Good day, Roxburghs. But... I said good day, madam. Something is very strange about all of this. He seemed nice, don't you think? After forging the bonds of trust with my fellow Illuminates, the rest of the trip to Edinburgh passed in a blur. Doctor! Herr Doctor Cadwallader! We have arrived in Edinburgh! Look at him, Arthur. He's passed out. We cannot be late. Fetch a porter and have him transferred to the North British train for Glasgow. Yes, dear. 
It was night by the time we finally arrived in Queen Street Station, and the weather had taken one of its frequent turns for the worse. It was malaria, madam. Recurs on you sometimes. Terrible business. I assure you, I'm quite fine now. Where in the deuce is that caretaker? He was supposed to bring a carriage to meet us. Buy some lucky white heather, sir. Hmm. An uninspiring example of Coluna vulgaris. What, indeed, might classify this in any regard as lucky? Lucky for me, because you're going to give me the money. Lucky for you, because I'm not going to chub you. How delightfully quaint. I'll buy your heather, sir. No doubt you need the money to maintain your dear silver-haired mother. Or perhaps a charming brood of children. No, big man. Mainly for whores. What does this word mean, whores? There's no point trying to discern what these savages are saying. Just give him some coins and hopefully he'll go away. Where in the blazes is the man with the carriage? Apologies for the delay. The horse was dead. We've no had much call to use the carriage since. The incident. Help! It's a creature from the beyond! Arthur, calm your nerves. I believe this gentleman is the caretaker, Mr... Gillespie, ma'am. I'm the caretaker at Hunter House. Have been for many a year now. Excellent. Help Godalming with our trunks and cases. Sorry, sir. No way I can lift all that. Not with my back the way it's been since. The incident. Very well, I suppose I should have expected no more from this benighted borough. Godalming, get the cases up on the carriage, would you? Very good, sir. Lady Roxborough, what on earth can possibly require such an enormous assortment of valises? You're hauling more freight here than the average black wall. Ladies sings, Dr. Cadvalida. Delicates and unmentionables. <clears throat> oh, oh, well, right, uh, uh, as you were. Is it? I thought it was... Oh, ow, ah! Hush now, dear heart. Mm. Yes, dear. Oof. That's the last of them, sir. The knickknacks have taken up half the room. There's no space for all you now. One of you'll have to find a hack. Oh, by the Lord Harry. Godalming, you can walk it. Probably do with some fresh air after being cooped up on trains all day. Brisk constitutional will be just what the doctor ordered. Very good, sir. And so we concluded our long day of travel with our arrival at the new chapter house. Here we are, ladies and gents. End of the line. What a ghastly old pile. Still, at least we don't have to worry about the neighbours coming round to borrow a cup of sugar. I doubt anyone with a grain of sense would step foot in this wretched mausoleum. I think it's rather splendid. External granite needs a bit of scrub, but there's an architectural gem hidden under all that grime. Well, feel free to get a bucket and brush and have at it, if that's your source. Personally, I think the only thing that could improve this place would be an enormous house fire, but each to their own. It is looking damp to me. I cannot abide a damp building. She's seen better days, but the house is secure in all particulars. I'll caution you now, there are many areas you'd be best to avoid, and many others that have been under lock and key since before. The Incident Lovely. Well, 
let's get inside so we can really drink in the gloom. And actually, so we can drink in the gloom. Aye, so just this way. Welcome to Hunter House. This chapter house was built by Dr. William Hunter. Although he wasn't a member or a count of the society no existing yet, he stumbled across the occult while he was amassing his collections. Dr. Hunter, the famous gynecologa? I've seen his sketches. Aye, that's the laddie. You might say he was a forerunner of the society, although he wasn't above using the tools of the enemy against him. He had all manner of wee hidey holes and tunnels built into this place. There's secrets here that even Dr. Pritchard, Lord rest his soul, never got to the bottom of. Crikey! Sounds like we're going to have fun poking into the crannies of this place. What a super wheeze! I'll warn you again, laddie. Danny be poking your nose around the place without me to help you. There's dangerous things stored in this place, and dangerous things guarding some of them. Tomorrow, if you mind, I'll give you all a tour by the light of day. My husband is not your laddie, you sour old man. He is Lord Arthur Roxburgh, and you will be keeping a civil tongue in your head when you address him. <laughs> my apologies, then. We don't get many visitors at Hunter House, and my manners aren't what they used to be since. Yes, yes, we know, since the terrible incident. Aye, sir, since the incident. Anyway, here's our first stop. The other new illuminate for the chapter, Miss Gordon. Oh, hi. Uh, hello. I'm Jessie. Jessie Gordon. Pleased to meet you all. Excellent. More skirt about the place. Of course. It's beyond the bounds of hope that they could have sent us a strapping six-foot-two lad from the Royal Highlanders or anyone actually capable of holding their own in combat. No, another woman. What do they expect me to do? Combat threats from beyond with some needle point and cream tea? Listen up, you fat English bampot. I've had bigger than you for breakfast. You want a square go, come on, but you'd better hope your mother can sew. Fat? I'm a sprightly twenty stone, madam. All of it muscle and sinew. Doctor, how dare you be casting aspersions upon our gender? We too are society members. I'm afraid Sophie's quite correct, Doctor. They may be the gentler sex, but they are members of the society, and we must be respectful of their delicate sensibilities. Arthur, you're not helping. What did I do wrong? I'm trying to protect your honour. I'm perfectly capable of defending my own honour. That is the whole point. Anyway, how dare you threaten your chapter master? I've never hit a lady, but I don't think you fall into that category, madam. Stitch this! You want to shut up? Still. Hold still. I'm not still. All right, all right, Pax. I accept that you two Amazons are capable of defending yourselves. Now, Miss Gordon, if you could kindly put down the candlestick, and Lady Roxborough, if you'd be so good as to allow your husband to breathe again. Excellent throw, darling. Caught me completely unawares. You are still too stiff with the movement of your hip, dear heart. All right, then. Uh, welcome, Chapter Master. Hieronymus Cadwallader, Doctor of Botany. Doctor of Botany? Are you like a doctor for plants? Ugh. 
Tell me this place has a good selection of single malts at least. Oh, it used to, sir. But since... I know, I know. Since the blasted incident. All right, Gillespie. First order of business tomorrow morning. I want the drinks cabinet and wine cellar restocked. I make sure there are port and cigars for after dinner. Speaking of which, I assume you have at least got some food in. Oh, aye, Dr. Cadwallader. We're well furnished for victuals. Haggis, black pudding, porridge. You name it, we've got it. So far, you haven't named one thing I'd willingly eat outside of a siege situation. And even then, I'd be giving serious thought to substituting one of my own legs for bully beef before I'd let haggis touch my lips again. It's a national delicacy, Doctor. It's a scam put about by mutton farmers to dispose of all the parts of a sheep that nobody wants. Well, you'd best be start picking a leg for seasoning then, Doctor, because we're a powerful load of haggis in the larder. As to your whisky, I'm afraid the Tribune's instructions were quite clear. No alcohol, sipping for medicinal uses, to be kept in the house, and nothing of that nature to be charged to the Society's accounts. You'll find them a wee bit of the stickler for the rules, Dr Kidwallader. Gladstone's hoary ballsack! Are you telling me that in the midst of this nation of miserable swipers, we've got the one dry house in the entirety of Scotland? It beggars belief! Temperance is good for the soul, Dr. Kidwallader. Spirits in a bottle are the most evil spirits that plague mankind. I'm rapidly coming round to the opinion that you are the most evil spirit that plagues mankind, Gillespie. But surely, Dr. Kidwallader, the things you were rumoured to have seen in Bataan... Shall never be spoken of, Lady Roxburgh. God's body, now I need a drink more than ever. But what exactly did happen in the jungles of Bataan? Dr. Cadwallader, Sophie and I weren't given access to those case files. They were sealed. Arthur, your inability to grasp the phrase shall never be spoken of is sadly all too predictable. The things I did, the actions I was forced to take in Bhutan, let's just say the consequences haunt me to this very day. Now that's the last that will be said on the matter. So mysterious. Indeed, an enigma. I will. Maybe it's best some things stay secret, like the many terrible secrets this house holds within its walls. Now can I assure you all to your bedrooms, or I can take you down to the kitchens and Mrs Gillespie can make you a nice wholesome pot of tea to warm yourselves up after your drooking. Ah, oh, tea. Can't beat a lovely cup of tea, eh? My pardon, Mr Gillespie. Do you have any drinking chocolate? I don't think so, lass. Not since... Incident? No, since last week when we finished the tin. Well, I vote bed. If I can't even have a snootful, then consciousness is pretty much wasted on me. But I'm warning you, Gillespie, if Haggis so much as approaches my breakfast plate tomorrow morning, you'll be out on your ear. I may have to live in your country, but I don't have to descend to your level. This house will be a bastion of civilised standards, holding fast against the benighted wasteland around us. It has been a trying evening. I think I shall be also going to bed. I'll just get a brew from Cook, then I'll be right up, my cherub. I will. I suppose I'll turn in and all, then. What was that? Oh, looks like one of the other wee house guests is out and about early tonight. I'll go chase it back after I've got you all settled for the evening.
Perhaps we should all take rooms quite close together this evening, in case any of us should think of anything important we want to tell each other in the night, or, or some such. Oh, Dr. Cadwallader, he's just playing a rune. If he was hunting, he wouldn't have made all that noise. He'd be creeping up on you. The missus has kept him fed, didn't you, Fash? You know, I've changed my mind about that tea. I think we should just go to bed, darling, so that I, I can be there to protect you. My knight in shining armour. Well, just this way, everybody. Mind your foot on the stairs. They've no been the same since. The, the incident. Safely ensconced in our new home, we passed a night of restful slumber, preparing ourselves for a day of action on the morrow. and buggery godalming yes sir bring me my malaria kit very good sir damn you you old devil you're never going to let me go are you i can stop this you know i can get rid of you end this dependency this weakness well then no I don't suppose hell could be much worse than this. Down the hatch. Society are Rhiannon Swanprice, Chris Edwards, Jude Reed, Gerard Kurth, Rich Keeling, Lindis Kip, Henry Sullivan, Simeon Ewing, and Graham Jameson as Gillespie. Hell's Darkest Pit was written by Chris Edwards and Jude Reed. Studio recording and original music were by Stu Goff. Tune in next time for episode two A Light in Darkness.